Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To the Doc G Show, I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus. Say what? Charette. Doc G, what is happening, sir? Oh, what? my goodness. I'll tell you, Mike. I'll tell you. Yeah. Summer. It's almost summer. summertime. Can you mm-hmm. believe it? It's getting there, man. It's, it's not summer already? I don't think so. I think May's the official a little, month. I, I think I think May's a little bit, you know, a little bit early for summer. Okay. Uh, I, I still go by high school times, you know, because mm. college college times, yeah, summer's coming up. They're they're finishing final exams. Yeah. But like elementary school, high school, you got a little bit more time. They've got like I got th- you. they got like three more weeks or so, you know. Uh, okay. It's like the end of May, beginning of June, you know. I don't know oh, about gotcha. you, but I was just thinking about it. Like, were you always scared they were going to make year-round school? When yes, you were, I was. Yeah. I was terrified. Yeah. They, they always hung that over you? I don't know if they hung that. They're like, they well, did. it's uh, going to have to probably start coming in July and August. Like, oh, no, no, <laughs> yeah. we can't do that. It can't. No, I've got to have my summer, man. Like, it was very mm-hmm. scary. Yeah, because they do that in some places, right? Like they have uh, year-round school. Apparently, you know. Yeah. I I don't need that. I didn't need that in my life then. I could no I could use the structure now, but back then I couldn't handle that. That was too. No that way. was frightening, man. But man, yeah. I remember when I was in 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 elementary school, I used to get so jazzed when summer was coming up. Yeah, that's a fact. It works so perfectly too. The end of April was my birthday. Then my my friend uh, friend Lee's birthday was like two weeks after mine, and then my friend Zach's birthday was like two weeks after his, mm. and then like two weeks after that was the end of school. Consecutive parties. Yeah, it was like a two week stair step <laughs> yeah. all the way to summer party fest. Yeah, almost consecutive. Yeah, it was it was awesome, man. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, how were your summers, Mike? Hmm. School summers, I mean, were awesome because my birthday is, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show, my birthday's end of May, May 21st. So yes. there was one year in fifth grade, Doc G, I got out of school on my birthday. It was Ooh. like the best birthday present ever. You know what's awesome too is when you get out of school for summer vacation, it feels like you're off for a year. Yeah, oh, like, it's, it's lifetimes. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, it's it's something that's very obvious, but it's not obvious. You just don't think about it. Because when, yeah. you're, when, you're t- when you're nine years old, mm-hmm. that summer is like one-twentieth of your life. Yeah. You know, it's like one-twenty-fifth of your life is literally that time. So it does. It seems forever. But yeah. then when you're an old fart and you're, you know, 60 years old, it's like one three hundredth of your life and you're like nah whatever it's like two weeks how, how long was that that didn't seem like that long all right that's why you know <laughs> yeah. now when i'm telling somebody about something like well it, that was just like a couple of weeks ago they're like dude that was three years ago and i'm like really wow <laughs> yeah that was 
Three years ago, you're telling me. <laughs> wow, okay, crazy. It sounds goofy, Mike, but even in elementary school, like, I got excited about uh, summer, but it was also like I was getting myself ready for the next school year. Word. Like, I had mm. all these grandiose plans during the summer that I would come back awesome in the fall. Nope. You know? I was like, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be working out. I'm gonna be money hustling. Huh? I'm gonna come back to school and I'm gonna be. People are gonna be like, is that Ben Gordon or is that Brad Pitt? I can't tell. <laughs> Who is that dude? You know? And for any listeners, it's like, hey, Brad Pitt's like 60. I'm talking about back then when I was in elementary yeah, yeah, school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was peak Brad Pitt sexy peak right Brad there. Pitt, yeah, for sure. You know, interview with the vampire, Legends of the Fall Seven. Yeah. That was right before, I can't say during during uh, some or during uh, elementary school. He hadn't done Fight Club yet, yeah. So he hadn't hit that level of of ripped sexy. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this isn't about Brad Pitt. Um, Mike, I had all kinds of schemes of how to make money in elementary school. I don't know if you were really? like me. Yeah, yeah. I no, was a hustler. I didn't get that until middle high school. High oh, school see, that's the ironic thing. When I actually could do it. I was like, fuck that, I'll be broke. Like, you know, I was <laughs> yeah. just like, nah, that sounds like a lot of work. But like in elementary school, I was like, all right, I'm going to wash these people's cars. Mm. I'm going to mow these yards. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then I'd end yeah. up making like 40 bucks the whole summer. But, you know, as an elementary schooler, 40 like bucks. That's like $100. That's like a, a million Come on, forty? <laughs> it's what like can a you, million, yeah. It's true. Can, yeah, yeah. What can yeah. you do with forty dollars? You can do all kind. I remember when the first PlayStation came out, Mike. First PlayStation yeah. came out. Me and my mm-hmm. brother saved up money the whole summer to buy it. Me and him really? together. We went in combo. We got one. It was a big deal. It's very. What's the first game? I can't remember what the first game we got. I want to say Ridge Racer. I want to say Racer. that was it. It's Ridge Racer. We got. Tekken was on like a a promo disc. Yeah, the demos. Yeah, yeah, the mm-hmm. demos. Oh my gosh! But that was a good Tekken demo. If we're talking oh, about oh, it same was one, amazing. It was a good Tekken demo. There, there were a bunch of great demos on that thing. That was yeah. pretty. Uh, Twisted Metal was on there too. Uh, yeah. Twisted Metal, which was amazing. But now, like at the end of elementary school, one of my favorite things, summer. Basketball camps. Sweet. Oh, my gosh. Now, Mike, on this show, you've mentioned before uh, how you were involved in absolutely no school activities. No. Band, nope. Athletics, nope. Mm -mm. Debate, no, no, sir. Did you ever go... Did you ever... TV news, TV news. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Did you ever go to a sports camp during summer? No, I wish I would have, Doc G. That sounds mm. like so much fun. It is. It is. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mike, individual basketball camp was the best. So true. Ah. That was the best. Now, later on in middle school and high school, you went to team basketball camp, right? Mm. That was everybody on the actual basketball team. And it was fun because you were hanging with your bros, you know? Yeah. Everybody on the team. It was pretty awesome. But the downside was is that like your coach was already being a giant bag and like mm. complaining about how you had to do better and that the season was going to be horrible if you played like this and you're like, 
Dude, it's July. Shut up and let us hang out. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, you know, but individual basketball camp, Mike. Oh, especially when you were young. Yeah. Because you get to stay in the dorms on campus. You get to go to the dining hall and you're like, this is what college is like? Get to eat anytime I want? Get to hang out in the dorms? That's right. Get to throw in my giant fan that's in the window? That's awesome. <laughs> I love this, you know? We had yeah. dribbling basket uh, dribbling contest, one-on-one three-point contest. Oh. It was the best. Sounds amazing. Now to show I fit the stereotypical uh white dude playing basketball, I did win the foul shot contest one year. So There you go. Yeah, if I recall, I was 9 for 10 in the final round, Mike. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I was knocking down those free free throws. That was me. Yeah. Do you have the was, Jordans? Were you knocking it down with the Jordans? Yeah, Which ones a, a couple of years. I got I got yeah. lucky a couple of years. I convinced yeah. I convinced the parents to get me Jordans a couple of years, but not uh, every basketball year. camp. Come on. I got uh, I I Jordan tens. I remember the Jordan tens nice. uh, vividly. Those in in mm. the blacks. Ooh, those were nice. Yeah. But I will say, Mike, Beautiful. just sort of like you mentioned, as far as your birthday. That's one of the best things about summer. Now, your birthday doesn't really work because it's right at the beginning of summer. So, like, you yeah. haven't had time to lose everybody. But that was one of my favorite things about summer was getting a random, like, birthday party or just even, like, pool party from somebody at school. That's right. Like, like in mm. the middle, like, July 10th, all of a sudden they're like, hey, this party. And you're like, what? What? Huh? And it's it's like you said, you know, it it feels like an eternity. It felt like a year that you're out. So like yeah. the the five weeks that you haven't seen anybody, it's like getting the band back together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like being told the Beatles were getting back together in 1971. You're like, yes, what? Awesome. We're gonna all be there. Oh, shenanigans! <laughs> shenanigans <laughs> are gonna happen. You know. Oh man, it was so much fun, and those those parties were a little bit like Vegas. I remember. Oh yeah. What, ha- what happened at a summer party stayed at a summer party. Yeah, probably for the better. Yeah. You know, but like you you showed up and like two people who were supposed to hate each other were like going out, and you're like, wait, what? When did this happen in summer? What? Huh? <laughs> those two like it's crazy. Your your lady Brittany would probably be there, right? Brittany Tanner, yeah. Brittany yeah, Tanner, yeah, yeah. oh my gosh, she'd be there. She'd be there be, yeah, oh <laughs> god, all all the hotties, you know. And like, I don't know about you, Mike, but it was always hilarious thinking about like this. I'd always in those times whenever you would see somebody during summer, I'd try to impress like whoever it was, usually girls, but I'd always mm-hmm. try to impress them with like a whole bunch of stuff I had done mm. during the summer. Even though I had not done any of that stuff, I'd just be lying my off about the most ridiculous crap ever. I'd be like, "Woo, guys, I barely made it to this party. I was uh, surfing off the coast of Costa Rica for the past two weeks <laughs> with Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Would you believe it? Me and Flea together. It's crazy. It was a good time, but I'm glad... I was able to get here. And then, of course, like one of my good friends, like Lee, who actually knows me, would be like, hmm, I was over at your house last week. And I'd be like, ah, yeah, well, um, I left literally like right after you left my house to go to Costa Rica. Okay, 
So, and in Costa Rica, they call two weeks one week. So, it makes sense. So, shut up, Lee. Okay? I was there. Stop Anyways. Me out. Exactly, man. Never, never supportive. Never supportive. Uh, but, like, I mean, like, really, you were like 10. What would you have? You would have, they would have been like, what have you been up to? And you'd be like, uh, eating cereal, watching Prices Right, mm-hmm. playing with sticks in the backyard. I beat Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Yeah, playing some PlayStation, getting in there, going hard because I'm 11. Yes, like Ooh. it's ridiculous, it's ridiculous. I was thinking about it, Mike. I was getting so excited. I was, I went down nostalgia lane. Yeah, and I was like, I want the show to be the summer party each week for every single listener out there. You know? Yeah, for sure. Every so. week, I want them to think like, oh my god. This it's is a been party. For, it's been forever since I've seen those guys. Mike, Doc G, I haven't seen those guys forever. I got, I got, I got to talk to them. You know, that's what I wanted to feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mike, are, okay. Mike, are you ready to fire up the summer party? Yeah, let's let's party it up, Doc G. Woo! I got my drink ready. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Yes. Yes. And it's it's got to be a elementary school drink, Mike. So yeah. it's got to be like Kool Aid, or yeah. as we talked about uh, we talked about a couple weeks ago, it's the summer party where the the Coke runs out, and you got to have Diet Coke. That's the mm. mom of the the person that's having the party, and you're like, this is all we got left. Yeah, we're having Diet, Diet Coke, Coke on the rocks. everybody. <laughs> it's cold and it's fizzy, and I like it, and it's caffeinated. Messing gonna, me up. I'm going to bust a hole in their wall here in a second. Huh? Anyways, Mike, I am very excited because we have finally the amazing show with Shine Down, Barry Kirch of Shine Down on the show. I can't wait. Uh, this was a great interview. Fantastic dude. Locals of Jacksonville. Just, oh, so many good, good things came out of this interview, Mike. I was so happy that I could do it. So happy that I could talk to one of my uh, favorite bands, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's going to be phenomenal. But first, Mike, we got to start where we start. Birthday suits. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Now, you are 28 for 48. Oh, gosh. All right. That's not bad. You're All still right. right below 60%, Mike. Right yeah. below 60%. So... As you, I mean, we can go back into the vaults and listen to it, but I was projecting I'd be very happy if you got 60%. So you're on par. You're, okay. you're there. You just got to right. keep it going. This first one, I don't, I don't know. I don't think you'll keep it going. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Born on May 3rd, 1921 with the original name, birth name of Walker Smith Jr., in Ailey, Georgia. Hmm. Our birthday suit wearer was the youngest of three children. His parents uh, separated when he was 12 years old, and he moved with his mom to New York City. Around the same time, he took up boxing, and at 14, he entered his first boxing tournament. He had to be 16 to enter, so to get around the age limit, he used a friend's AAU ID. Hmm. That person had just stopped boxing, uh, but he used the ID card for the rest of his career. That name stuck. 
So the name that was on the AAU card became his name, even mm. though that's not his real birth name. His real birth name was Walker Smith Jr. Mm. Uh, he was phenomenal as a boxer. And as an amateur, he was 85-0. and zero. Jeez. In 1940, he won the Lightweight World Heavyweight Championship. Or Lightweight World Heavyweight. Come on. Lightweight World Championship. His first professional loss didn't come until he was 40-0. and 0. His career was put on hold in 1943 when he was drafted in the Army, where he served 15 months. He claimed that while he was serving in the Army, he faced discrimination since he was black during his service. And considering it was 1943, I would say 100% that happened. That's a fact. Um, in 1944, he was allowed to leave the Army and resume fighting his fighting career. By 1946, his career was 73-1-1. and mm. He moved up to middleweight in 1950. He won the middleweight title in a 13-round technical knockout in 1951. In 1952, he decided to retire with a record of 131 and three losses and one tie. However, in mm. 1955, he announced a comeback, and he ended up fighting until 1965 at the age of 44. He ended his career with 173 wins, 19 losses. He is considered by many to be the greatest pound-for-pound boxer of all time. Muhammad Ali and Joe Lewis both said he was the best boxer in history Hmm. espn ranked him as the greatest pound for pound boxer of all time his nickname has even inspired several other boxers name that birthday suit where hmm um the only historical boxer that i know of is jack johnson too old too Too old. old That's in yeah. the that's in the early 1900s, yeah, early 1900s literally, yeah. literally like the teens. Yeah, you'll know the name when I say it. Sugar Ray Robinson. Ah, Sugar Ray Robinson. Sugar Ray, man. Yeah. Sugar Ray. That was a One fake of, name, or so that was the name on this guy's ID. Not Sugar. Sugar. Was oh, it was okay. just Ray Robinson, uh, okay, and then gotcha. somebody at one of his first fights said, "This guy's sweet as sugar," and uh. that was. Sugar Ray Robinson. That's nice. uh, that that stuck. And I like, isn't that wild though? Used a yes. fake ID and then it just stayed forever after that. Like, all right. And I mean, after a while, you'd be like, hey, I'm going back to Walker Smith Jr. He's like, nah, name sucks. Huh? Sticking with Sugar Ray. That's good. But yeah, man, absolute boss. Absolute boss in boxing. Hmm. I mean, look. 173 wins in his career. It was insane back then, too. Now, you know, you have like eight months in between a fight or more. They're preparing all over the place. Back then, it was like literally every week. They're like, all right, another fight. All right, I got another one going. And there were like 20 rounds. Like, Mm. good Lord, talk about the CTE. My goodness, how do you survive? Mike, uh, most often asked question on Google relating to Sugar Ray Robinson. Who is better, Muhammad Ali versus Sugar Ray Robinson? That's the the most common asked question. Yeah, and I guess that uh, would be Sugar Ray. Now, split. It's, it's sort of split. 
Okay. Most of the time when people just ask straight up who's the greatest boxer of all time, Muhammad Ali will be uh, will win. But when when you add in pound for pound who's the best boxer of all time, Sugar Ray Robinson will win. Which is interesting because you're like, uh, wouldn't pound for pounds supersede best boxer of all time? Because now you're including everyone. But I guess you're putting it on a relative range then, you know? per pound regardless he's Hmm. one of the best mike he's one of the best now are you ready to rip some headlines what do we got doc g let's rip some headlines it's now time for rip from the headlines mike i've got a little story from daily mail and uh this is uh this is some researchers researchers at the university of uh, potsdam germany They performed a study that recruited 280 women aged 18 to 46. And they were a little sneaky about this. They told them that the study was tracking intelligence and interaction between gender, but it was really tracking habits of an individual who finds another person attractive. Mm. Mm. Okay. Sneaky. So, they were asking a bunch of questions regarding the man who would be guiding them through this quote-unquote intelligence studies, but they were also seeing if the woman found the man attractive that was going to be the person guiding them through this study, right? Right. And once they found out whether or not the woman found the man attractive, they then had the two meet. But it wasn't actually the meeting that they were really concerned with. They wanted to see how the woman uh, arrived to the meeting. Hmm. And they found in the study that for women who noted that the man was attractive, 52% came to the meeting wearing red. Hmm. For the women who noted the man was not attractive, only 26% showed up wearing red. So Hmm. there was two times more of a chance of wearing red if they thought that dude was attractive. Gotcha. So there you have it, Mike. The red. Yeah, if you have a meeting with a lady who knows you and she's wearing red, it might mean she digs you. Okay. She okay. might she might dig your look, Mike. This, this would explain why I have never had a meeting with a girl <laughs> who has ever wore red. They're always wearing ever. blue. Come on. They're always wearing a set of monk-like prayer robes. This is... <laughs> Hello, please, let's do this in public somewhere. Gross. Mike, um, I've got some food and beverage. Yes. Food and beverage news. And I don't know if anybody wants this F&B news. This is This is out there. So uh, Spanish celebrity chef Davis uh, Munoz. Uh, Davis Munoz is planning on bringing something new to his menu at his Madrid restaurant, Diver XO. Recently, uh, Chef Munoz uh, was hanging out with Japanese chef Hiro Sato, and Chef Sato let him try a Japanese delicacy, Shirako. Hmm. Shirako. Shirako. And Chef Munoz uh, said the dish blew his mind enormously, and he's thinking about adding it to his menu. So... For the listeners who are like, hey, what's Scirocco? 
Well, let me tell you what Chiraco is. It's grilled pufferfish semen. Ew. Hmm. Yeah. Grilled semen. Grilled pufferfish semen. Hmm. Delicious. And I gotta be honest, it did not look appetizing, Mike. No. No. Nope. No. Mike, there are many fans apparently of the dish. And many fans who, when he posted this on Twitter, felt like they needed to uh, comment. And I got to be honest, I think this fan that commented knew what they were doing when they commented this. Here, <laughs> it's here's like a marine the quote. biologist. Here, no, no, no. Here's the quote It's warm from the grill and a mouthful. Oh, come on. It was difficult uh. for me and had a very memorable texture. Dot, dot, <laughs> dot. Mike, quick question. If you came over to my house and I had puffer fish semen on the menu, would you eat it? Yes. Oh, man, look at you being all adventurous. Yeah. Uh. I trust your cooking. Mm. If we're having some semen, this stuff has got to be prepared pretty well. I'm going to be honest. I do not know how to prepare it. Now, if we're just having regular fish, I I can prepare some fish. Yeah, okay. I can do it. Just, I mean, just like our, just... Just like our man Kent Rollins, I can pull yeah. out a, I can pull out a cast iron skillet and and get some fish like nobody's business. Mm. Get a blackened style redfish, Mike. You'll lose. Yeah, I love. You'll that lose stuff. it. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Anyways, Mike, I'm not serving semen anytime soon. Huh? Um, <laughs> a lot of people are like, thank God that's not happening. <laughs> Anyways, Mike, a little more F and B news here. That doesn't make you nauseous. I've got a list of the top 10 potato chips in America. What do we got? What do we have here? Top 10 most popular in America. Any guesses on the most popular, Mike? Most popular, number one chip in America, I'm going to guess is Doritos. Not not potato. Oh, Yeah, that's a corn yeah. chip. Okay. Uh, yeah. Lay, no. Uh, ru- mm, Lay's barbecue chips. Close. Classic Lay's. Classic Lay's. Classic Lay's. 163 million customers a year. Mm. Classic Lay's. Boring people. Exa- <laughs> yeah, what is this? 1950s? Come on, America. Grow up. There's so many. I just many- want a regular chip. <laughs> There's so many wild and ridiculous flavors out there. Yeah, come on. Ruffles took the third spot, Mike. 55.84 million. Yeah, I was going to say uh, Ruffles, specifically the cheddar cheese, but I guess since they we're... Did, uh, they didn't go specific, apparently. Yeah, Cla- uh, Pringles was on the fourth spot, hmm. which I'd put Pringles. I mean, uh, no offense to Lay's. I'd rather have a Pringle. Call mm-hmm. me crazy, but I'd rather have a, a Pringle. Yeah. Um... My old faves, the Cape Cod chips. Mm, they got the yeah. They got the seventh spot. Thirty-one Super point crispy. Yeah. Oh, mm, kettle kettle cook, Mike. Yeah, kettle yeah. Kettle cook. Longtime listener of the show already know where I'm probably going with this, but Mike, there's uh, there's a flavor that's been discontinued of Cape Cod. Jeez. There was a flavor of Cape Cod jalapeno and aged cheddar. Hmm. And oh my goodness, 
That is the best chip I have ever had. That's a fact. It was my favorite chip. I love that chip. I would eat that with anything, Mike. Mm. Anything. Man. Was that a Subway the, uh, Was that a Subway chip? No, no. I feel like I always Those, saw Cape Cod at Subway. They, I mean, they got it. They got it. I, 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 I think, I think Subway like celebrates celebrates everything. Yeah. But, okay. but Mike Jalapeno Chips blog spot rated these chips number one on their on their list before they were discontinued. Mm, wow. That says a lot, right there. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying they were the best. But coming in at at, the, at tenth, Mike, at tenth, Jay's chips. Never heard. Have of you it. ever had Jay's chips? I don't think so. No. Apparently, they're a Midwest thing. Hmm. Started in Chicago, and they're only in seven states. I looked it up. Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Missouri. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Truly Midwest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but they're, they're apparently kicking ass states. I mean, they, they're only in seven states, and they're still the 10th biggest chip company in the country. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. That's pretty impressive. We got to ask our Minnesota listeners how how uh, J chips are, how those how those hitting you, you mm, know? J chips, J chips, man, J chips. Write this down in my order some bags. <laughs> got it, got it, got to do it, Mike. Uh, Mike, headline from uh, Daily Mail here: "Quote: Scientists discover what happens to the brain as you die." Hmm. Mike, I'm going to say they discovered it stops working. Yes. That's that's my biggest uh, research find <clears throat> there. Yeah, it turns off. Mm-hmm. 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 Mike, U.S. News released their list of best states of 2023. All right. Vermont won, and then what else? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, so I'll give you the rankings team analyzes statistics tied to more than 70 metrics oh 70 yes. metrics across eight categories such as healthcare, education and environment 70 now, metrics is, i like that is your metrics. is your guess vermont is that what you're giving me my guess number one state across the board all metrics vermont didn't hit the top five mike no not even didn't top, hit five. The top five get out of here this this list is preposterous Top five, Mike, Utah, Washington, Idaho, Nebraska, Minnesota. That's okay. the top five. Mike, I'm going to say on face value, uh, I'm not interested in living in, in any of the top five states. <laughs> I mean, no offense, to, no offense to the ranking team. Uh, or the folks that live in those states, but apparently weather and things to do were not high on the list wow. because, I mean, especially the weather. And I'm sure there's a cold lover out there right now listening that's like, uh, Utah weather is gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Great for you, person that's saying that, but not for me. No. Anything outside of the range of 70 to 85, that's outside of my sweet spot. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm staying. 70 to 85, all right? And I don't see a lot of that in Utah or Washington or Idaho or Nebraska or Minnesota. No way. They basically, they basically never get that weather, ever. Yeah. Like, even during the summer. Like, Minnesota summers are hot as 
and then all of a sudden, then it goes to negative 30 during the, the winter. No. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. No. I don't want to be in any of that weather. Weather weather is the highest ranking on my list, Mike. That is the yeah. highest thing on my list. And apparently, they did not use it at all. Also, think what you will, Mike. Um, seems a little bit like a racist list, you know? Yeah. Where are the people of color on that list? Because those are some very low people of color states there, <laughs> yeah. you know? Very true. I mean, yeah. I just saying. Just saying. Yeah. Let get, let's get a Hawaii in there. The most yeah. diverse state in the union. Let's Hawaii. get it there, man. Except for the volcanoes. Yeah. Not dealing with those. Minus that's the volcanoes. All, that's also on my list. That's going to drop it Being down. Being in the volcanoes. middle of the ocean, you know, it's kind of a Titanic situation out there. You know, how many planes can get off that island? Amen. I need, time, I need yeah. like a, I need like an emergency long distance jet ski for yeah. uh, escape purposes. <laughs> yeah. Either that or a personal like uh, jet pack mm. that can at least hop me to another island somewhere yeah. safer. You know, something <laughs> like that. One of those Anyways. water, one of those water jetpacks. Yeah, just shoot <laughs> me over. I think you have to be attached to something, right? No, 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 no. I they, think so. Got... I, I think you do. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how those things know. work. It's crazy, Mike. It's crazy. Yeah, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guests. This is Shine Down with my absolute favorite song they have done, Simple Man, right here on the Doc G Show. And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnick Radio, WISKR, LP, 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, a Florida. Mike, I got a little tongue-tied there. That hasn't happened mm. in a long time. I'm mm. sorry. I'm sorry to the folks for that unprofessional read of our radio ID. Regardless, <laughs> Mike, what do the listeners need to do? Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, mm -hmm. they should please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever they get their podcasts. It is a cost-effective way to support the show. And listeners, if you are feeling extra generous, please leave us a five-star review. And a comment. Amen. We love comments. That's right. Amen. Uh, Mike, we need to shout out those five-star listeners. We do. We do. The regs. The regs. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Spartansburg, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia, and Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Shout out. I'm going to nice. be honest, Mike. There were several missteps in there. Girl, come on. I fought myself. I only, I, I can only fault myself. There's nobody else to fault. I'm sorry. 
I will I didn't do hear better. It. You sound so proud, no, Doc G. No, I, I don't. Hear I, I appreciate it, Mike. I appreciate the the compliments, but I suck. Let's not try to cover it. <laughs> okay. Let's not try to candy coat it. <laughs> listeners puked when they heard me do that just now, uh, and I'm sorry, listeners. Wow. I'm sorry. But, Mike, we need to celebrate the four-star, mm-hmm. the four-star semi-regs. Here we go. Seattle, Washington. Shout out. You guys are living in the second best state, according to USA News. So congratulations on that. Yes. I don't think we have any... No, we don't have any semi-regulars from the best state. I guess they're out there just doing best state things. Um, (laughs) Shout out to Alameda, California, Mike. Shout out to Phoenix, Arizona. Mm. Shout out to O-Town, Orlando, Florida. Shout out to Moreno Valley, California. Shout out to Henderson, Nevada. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Shout out to Burlington, Vermont. Mike's number one. That's right. Yes. You may not be number one in the eyes of U.S. News, but you are number one in Mike's eyes, Vermont. Yes. Perth, Australia. Shout out to Perth. Yeah. Shout out to Chicago, Illinois, home of Jay's Chips. Yeah. Yeah, Jay's Chips. Shout out to Union City, New Jersey. Shout out to Central Hong Kong. Been a while since Central Hong Kong's been on there. Shout out to Blaine, Minnesota. Shout out to Royal Oak, Michigan. Shout out to Lisbon, Portugal. Shout out to Coon Rapids, Minnesota. Man, got a lot of people we can ask about J-Chips in there. Let's go, (laughs) J-Chips. Let's get it. Um, Mike, thank you to all the regular listeners. We definitely yes. do appreciate it. Mike, we need to give a shout-out to one of my favorite 70s singers. Passed away, sadly, beginning of the week. Gordon Lightfoot. Mm. 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 The fantastic singer passed away on Monday, Mike. And I don't know if the listeners know. If you don't know who Gordon Lightfoot is, you need to go jam on some Sundown right now. Sundown is a certified jam. I cranked it out like 10 times yesterday in honor of Gordon. I was like, you know what? Gotta crank this thing, man. Such a good song, Mike. Puts you in such a laid-back talk about a summer song. Puts you in a laid-back summer mood. Oh, it is good stuff. It is good stuff. R.I.P. Gordon Lightfoot. Um, Mike, just a quick uh, note here. A quick note. Um... Did you see the Late Late Show with James Corden ended? Hmm. Um, I did see that. Yeah. I didn't yeah. see the show, but of course, I had a buddy who was yeah. on the show. Oh, he's on the show. His, he posted all of his. Oh, oh he had, had so to much do. fun. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was he a writer or was he just uh was he just doing stand up on it? He did stand up on it. Akeem yeah, Woods. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, apparently, I, I I found this. This is why I brought this up. Apparently, the show was bringing in about $45 million as far as revenue. Yeah. But then they were spending $65 million on production. Yeah. Wait, what? So they were losing $20 million. And, like, no offense to that show, Mike, but I was like, how the f- Spend sixty-five million on production of a talk show. Like, I mean, I get it. There's writers, there's crew, there's talent. 
But 65 million? Like, to me, that's like here in McDonald's is going to have to stop selling the Big Mac because the ingredients cost $35. And you're like, for a Big Mac? How does that? Really? That burger? Wow, what? Like, it just, I don't know, Mike. You know, you know how yeah. much production this show cost? Zero. Mm-hmm. The listeners are like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so true. We get that. That makes sense. <laughs> totally. We don't even know why we're listening. But we thank you, listeners, regardless. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this show. Yeah, we, um, we do appreciate it. It's 65 my- million in emotional value. What Boom. is what we put into this? Boom. <laughs> the love. The love of the summer party, Mike. Yes. So true. All right, Mike. Do you want I'm gonna we're gonna do one birthday suit before we go to our uh guest O Honor Barry from Shine Down. Uh do you wanna go with the R and B singer or the country singer? Well, let's go with the one that I most likely won't get. So let's go with that country singer. Who do we All get? All right. All right, pretty short here. Yeah, I don't think you'll get this one, but we'll try it. (laughs) Born on May 3rd, 1977 in Granite Falls, North Carolina. Her birthday suit wear always loved music growing up. He started performing in bars in high school. After he graduated high school, he went to college at Appalachian State. But after college, he decided to move to Nashville for a career in music. He released his first album, Sinners Like Me, started gaining notoriety around Nashville. Then in 2009, he released his second album, Carolina. Then in 2011, he released his album, Chief. His first top 20 single on the Billboard charts was Springsteen. He released his fourth album, The Outsiders, in 2014. He released three more albums since then. He's famous for his aviator sunglasses and his trucker hat. Name that birthday suit where? Hmm. No idea. I'll give you his initials, Mike. EC. Hmm. Of course, my mind immediately wanted to say Eric Clapton. But of course, that is not it. Not even Such close. a good country singer. Uh... Yeah, I, you see, um... You got the first name. Eric, uh... Yeah, I don't know. Thanks, spirituality, Mike. Eric... Eric Christ. (laughs) Church. Eric Eric Church. Eric Eric (laughs) Church would be the guy. Have you ever heard of Eric Church, Mike? No, I haven't. Yeah, yeah. That's what I figured. So, you know. It's worth a shot, though. He yeah, was. There sure. were there were a couple of other folks that I was like, yeah, and then I, I decided on Eric Church. Mike, uh, we're we're getting dangerous here. You're 28 for 50. You haven't haven't got the last two. I'm a little concerned. I think yeah. I think I think you can get the last one though. I do okay. think you can get the last one. So R&B singer. Let's, let's cross our fingers there, Mike. Uh, most asked Google question about Eric Church. Why did Joanna Cotton quit Eric Church? Hmm. Joanna which, Cotton. Yeah, which the, this question just made it seem to me like Eric Church was an opiate. Like, why did why did Joanna Cotton quit Eric Church? She was addicted. <laughs> Hard, man. Hard. But apparently she was a singer in his band. So hmm. she quit last year. 
She quit Joanna the band Cotton. last year. What a great yeah. country music musician. It's pretty. Name. I mean, maybe she changed her name, Mike. I didn't actually look into it. Maybe she it's, shouldn't. Maybe. Well, I mean, you know, maybe it's a fake name. I'm saying. You uh, know? Oh yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Her her name before was like you know uh, uh, Jackie uh, Edelstein, and they were like, yeah. yeah, it's not gonna work in country. You need to really yeah. country fight out of that thing. Yeah. Let's go with Joanna Cotton. That's it. That uh, does sound like a fake name. You're right, Mike. Yeah. Anyways, Mike. Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than Barry from Shinedown right here on the Doc G Show. Be on my way. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I am super excited for our guest today. We have the drummer of one of my favorite rock bands. They are absolute legends, hometown heroes who are on tour right now with the Revolutions Live Tour, Mr. Barry Kirch of Shinedown. Barry, how are you, sir? I am doing wonderful. Yourself? I'm doing good, man. I can't complain. I can't complain. How has the, uh, the tour started so far? It's been good. I think we just finished our fifth show of this run. Um, it's a big production. It's daunting and a little exhausting, but uh, the crowd's been great. We've been having a good time on stage. It's been all all laughs and just having... Uh, I'm lucky enough after 20-plus years of being in this band that we all still get along. So, uh, you know, it's, it's been really, really fun. And I look forward to, you know, we haven't been home in Jacksonville as a headliner in over 10 years. So to yeah. bring it back home to my home where I still live. Um, I'm pretty excited, even though my guest list is going to be daunting with family and friends. <laughs> it is what it is. Well, now, I, I heard a couple of years back you had a little uh, uh, tennis and golf elbow acting up there. Uh, is that Has that been any problem uh, since, since you got the treatment? No, since I got the treatment and uh, – getting help on my technique and maybe changing a little bit of things and, and loosening up in different areas. Um, knock on whatever I got. Um, I've been doing uh, shout out to PRP when you get the platelet, uh, injections that really helped my tennis elbow. Um, and when it came to, you know, like the carpal tunnel type of things, that was just basically listening to others and, and changing some things that I was doing wrong, uh, physically and doing the physical therapy and, and, actually listening which i'm not always great at but <laughs> yeah thanks thanks for asking. yeah i'm doing great nice nice well i mean you know on that on that front you guys as a group it seems like everybody in shinedown's a pretty good pretty big on fitness i mean you know yeah. all four of you post things about fitness you exercise regularly i, I know brent's fitness habits changed with sobriety uh, ha yeah. have you have you always been working out? Like, I mean, from the start of the band, were you into working out, or did that shift? That shifted. Um, I've always been a healthy guy. I've always tried to eat relatively healthy. Of course, we all cheat, and uh, you can't take my pizza away. It's impossible. Um, <laughs> but you know, we've I've always been a relatively healthy guy. I didn't fall into the pitfalls that uh, like Brent did and things like that. Um, 
it really the catalyst was when Brent finally got sober and clean. It started as he wanted to drop the weight because he had put on a lot of weight from the alcohol and everything else and not taking care of himself. And uh, he started working out. He got a trainer and really started working hard on that. And we kind of did it out of solidarity to help him with his sobriety and to help him with his mental state. And then lo and behold, through that, we all realized that our show got better and we got better as people. Um, and it's just been consistent. I mean, uh, I can't do the show anymore without blocking out an hour to work out as well. And the show, I mean, the show's a workout in itself. It's a, you know, being a drummer, it's a highly physical job, but all the guys, it's highly physical. We don't stand there and just play the instruments. We run around and try to entertain, right? And uh, yeah, I had a, a, a professor out of Canada. She's doing research on drummers, and she actually hooked me up one time for the show just to see calorie expenditure and all that kind of stuff. And roughly anywhere from fifteen to 1,700 calories per show wow. on top of workout. Per but in order to be able to put that out there, we have to be healthy beforehand. And it, it's better for the headspace. And, you know, for all those people out there that maybe are like, oh, I hate it. I, I hate it, too. I don't enjoy working. <laughs> but I feel great afterwards. That's that's what I tell everybody as far as as far as exercise. Like, I mean, that's one of those things that they, people are like, oh, I don't like it. I'm like, oh, you're not supposed to. It's a stress. Like, you like what happens as a result. The during yeah. is not, unless you're a masochist, unless you just want to take on pain. Yeah. Like, it's it's <laughs> not going to be the most pleasant thing. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, look in the mirror and see, you know, those mirror muscles and everything else, but it's even better to just feel good, you yeah. know? Um, and work, look, I'm not a professional bodybuilder and I don't have a six-pack abs, but I'm lean, mean, fight machine, you know, and that's what it is. I think, you know, a lot of people have horrible body images because they see all they see is fitness models and that's attainable, but that's a 24 seven hour job to stay that fit. Not even the actors that the gorgeous people in the world, they don't maintain that. They get that for a movie and then it goes away a little bit and they maintain it again. It's, it's attainable goals, but also unattainable unless you're 24 seven on. I'm I'm guessing the workout situation I don't. I don't think it had hit the first time I saw you guys in concert. I saw you guys in concert in two thousand eight. So I'm guessing uh, had it had it started. No, we were there? a little more rebellious at that point in time. But uh, shortly thereafter is when it really kicked in, and it's been consistent since. Uh, really consistent since the end of Amarillo's beginning of Threat to Survival. Um, so three records, three and a half records later. Uh, we're still at it, and it, it helps. You know, none of us are getting any younger, but I don't feel any older because of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I uh, I noticed on Instagram right before you guys went out on tour, Brent and Zach, uh, they did a little, they did a little game of who's who in the band, and uh, <laughs> and you got you got the the moniker of reading the most and yelling the most on tour. Uh, do do you concur or dispute those claims? I will dispute the yelling thing a hundred percent because I'm actually the, the grandpa. I'm the one that takes care of everybody. Um, when I do yell, it's because they just are being complete idiots. Uh, but the, the reading and the, and the studious thing, yeah, I'm constantly reading. I've got three books in front of me right now that I'm through. So, nice. um, uh, yeah, I like to read. I've always liked to read. Um, it, it helps me get away from you know. It's it's funny, and I'm not complaining. But out here, there isn't a lot of alone time. You live on a bus with people, you get in the venue, that's constant people, constant people. So when you can carve out a day off in a hotel room, just do a little bit of reading and some soul searching, um, those 
those moments of crushes through the few and far between. What's what's the what's the best one you're going through right now as far as reading? Uh, I started. Uh, I restarted, and this the one is a. Uh, by the guy that actually saved my hands and my wrists with for technique wise, his name's Dom Famularo, oh. right here. And he wrote the book, uh, probably I want to say maybe up to 10 years ago, Cycle of Self Empowerment. Um, and it's just about he's 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 known as the drumming ambassador for those that aren't drummers out there. He is one of the most positive people you'll ever meet. He, he's not known for the bands he was in, he's a drum clinician, does drum clinics, but there's also like a a positive spin on everything and just his his idea of positivity so, so um he's a very infectious person and a phenomenal drummer so when my hands were going bad and i was starting to get the carpal tunnel things he's known as a, a good teacher for redoing your hands and worked with him on that became friends um and then his assistant just came out to the show recently and gave me a, a new signed copy of the book from uh from dom you know hey he just recovered from cancer and he's doing a lot better and uh uh it's time to read, read this book. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, I mean, you, you mentioned it earlier. It's crazy. It's, it's been 20 going on 23 years of shinedown. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, seems, seems like, uh, leave a whisper was yesterday. Um, and I was wondering, have you thought, have you thought about like, has anybody as Brent or you thought about like writing a book maybe sometime later or like going through the whole whole story i don't think we've thought about it i mean it's, yeah it's a story i don't know how exciting it really is but maybe that's because we're still in it um you know it might be sad and tragic in the beginning because we went through a lot of ups and downs um you know with the addiction things and whatnot but uh it's all been written before i mean if, if you're gonna write a book on those things molly Kurt, molly Kruger did it i mean you can't get more than the dirt right so um i don't know i think if i wrote a book it'd be a cookbook or something like that um i don't know that my that interesting necessarily or that it's not already out there you know nowadays with modern technology and interview after interview um people are a lot more available than what they maybe used to be before they wrote a book you know yeah so yeah, yeah but i also don't we have a thing in the band where we really never and it's it's honest we don't look back and go oh look what we did we always go oh that was cool what's next what's next, what's next, what's next for this band. I mean, even to the point where up until a year ago, I had all my lovely gold and platinum plaques stored in a closet in my house. Um, and I never hung them. And my brother came over one day and he was like, dude, why, why don't you hang those? And it was weird. I was like, man, I, feel, I don't want to brag. I feel guilty. And he said, what are you talking about? That's, that's your life's work. And I went, oh, I didn't think about it that way. So then I hung them, but you know. <laughs> I guess it comes with the humility and just always wanting to do what the next thing is for, for shine down and keeping ourselves relevant and out there. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you back real quick. I want, I want to go back because I mean, I just, sure. it, it, it amazes me, you know, at the start uh, of the band, you're 25 years old. You hear mm -hmm. about an audition with this guy named Brent Smith from your brother. Who's a, a DJ yep. here in Jacksonville. Shout out to, to planet radio. Thank you. Um, and uh, I've said for the last, like, 20 years, basically since I heard the album, Brent has one of the best voices in rock. And mm -hmm. I, I just sort of wonder, when you heard that audition tape, what did you think? Uh, same thing. I heard that, his at the time, kid's voice, you know, he's quite a bit younger than me. Um, I heard his voice, and I was like, uh, I've got to get in this band. I've got to try out for this guy. And then meeting him and just seeing how 
even back then when we were still, you know, he hadn't come into himself as a performer in that stage act yet. Um, his charisma was over the moon. He could talk. You cannot say no to Brent Smith. It's impossible. He will somehow talk you into it or make you think it's the best idea on the planet, whether it is or not. And typically he's old, right? Um, so yeah, after hearing his voice, I was like, I, I've got to do this. And it's funny, you know, it was, it was, he had already got Jason in the band and Brad in the band who were the, the, the two, the original guitar player and bass player. And, uh, he's like, okay, uh, well, I gotta meet you first. And so he said, meet me at the Hooters at the beach. I'm like, okay, Hooters. So I, I talked to my now wife who was then, uh, fiance. Um, and I said, I'm going to Hooters. I said, all right, <laughs> fine. And, uh, go to the Hooters. And meet them, and they have a pitcher of beer, and the three of them sitting across from me, just basically grilling me. And we had the best time. And then after that, I auditioned the next day, and then the rest is history. But uh, um, from that moment, meeting him, it was Brent with the long hair and just intense Southern accent coming at me. I was like, "Yeah, this is this is going to work out great." Well, uh, well, I heard. I mean, I think this is fairly out there, but your one of your audition pieces was forty-five. And, Correct. Yeah. and that's actually Which, what showed up on the album. Yeah. Funny, uh, short, long story was, so that next day after meeting at Hooters, we go and, and play in a, in a practice space just to see if I could play the songs that they gave me. And it was 45 and then a song called Lacerated, which is the last track on the record, uh, Leave a Whisper, um, which is the worst song we've ever written, by the way. Um, but uh, played those. They wanted to see if I could play a good ballad type thing, 45. And they wanted to see if I could play in Odd Times and then, did that worked out and they said okay uh next day we're gonna go into a studio see if you can record and they had already been recording demos and had other drummers playing i was the seventh drummer to try out um and there was a couple other people one of my best friends from ucf also auditioned and probably would have gotten the gig but he didn't want to do it at the time um so he's probably kicking himself now um but uh we're still very good friends and he's a fantastic producer down in orlando now um but so I go in and we recorded 45. Made it through the recording process. You're in the band. A few months later, we're in LA recording the first record. We recorded, we recorded a version of 45 that had a big orchestra on it, just a grandiose version of the original one. Finished the record and our A&R guy, Steve, he was like, ah, something about that demo. And we're, the record's done, it's turned in. He's like, no. We got to get rid of that 45 and put the one, the audition. And that's the one you hear on the record is the one I auditioned on with my old broken drum set, broken cymbals, but it had a vibe. You know, you don't, you don't hear with your eyes. Yeah. And it, it had a thing. Nice. Nice. Well, I mean, on that album, obviously, I mean, one of the things that I always think about, you're from Jacksonville, you just mentioned it. Duval County is known for music. I mean, it's, above me in my video right now as far as Duval County there. It's not it's not too hard to argue that Leonard Skinner is one of the biggest exports of Jacksonville. Um, 100%. On that first album, when you heard or found out as far as there was a plan to redo and remake Simple Man, how, how'd you feel about covering it? I thought it was great because it was uh, it was authentic. We didn't go, hey, this is going to be, we didn't realize how popular it was going to be. It was, so back in those days, Freebird Live was still open, mm -hmm. which was a, a live in Jacksonville. 
owned by Ronnie's widow, Judy, and Ronnie's daughter, Melody, who we're still very close with. Melody, at the time, was married to Jason, our original guitar player. So we would play in that club, and Judy really treated us better than we probably should have been treated and would take care of us and kind of took her under her wing because she saw potential in the band. And, and obviously that's her son-in-law at the time. So she's like, yeah, I got to take care of this band. And as a thank you one time for her birthday in Freebird, Brent and Jason performed Simple Man. That's just as a thank you. And, you know, Skinner's a, obviously a big thing for her and Jacksonville alone. Put it away. Album gets released. We're out touring. We end up in Boston at a radio station there. And the, the DJ, Mr. Terry, was asking for covers, mm. acoustic covers. That's the only one we knew was a band. And so we played it, or they played it, not me. They played it acoustically. And she put it on the air, and it took off. It became the number one requested song in Boston. It was massive. And we saw this trajectory of it. And at that time, we were still suffering. You know, Fly had been out there for a minute. Um, we hadn't done 45 yet, but, you know, we're still a struggling baby band. And the label being smart enough just saw those, you know, the, the metrics on that and went, we've got to strike this on the record. So we ended up re-releasing it with some man on it. But it, it happened so organically that it was um, a proud moment instead of a pandering moment. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's one of those I always say, like, I know it's sacrilege to the to the Skinnered faithful, but I I like the Shinedown version better. Like I, I, I do. I feel, I feel, I feel more emotion. Obviously, like I just said, in Brent's voice, it just, it's so overwhelming. I agree. Do <laughs> would never step on Skinner's toes. They're one of the best bands of all time. But um, even those guys gave us the nod. Like, yeah, great job. Because um, we we played shows with them in the past, I mean, and, and we obviously knew them via Judy and everything else. So um, for them to kind of give us the the nod to continue on doing that. Uh, proudly, even when we played with them in, of all places, Italy, opening for Skinner, they told us to do our version anyway. So, I mean, that's pretty huge if you're doing one of their bigger songs before they do it. Yeah. That's cool. For sure. For sure. Well, I mean, speaking of sort of the biggest hits before we get to the the new album there, uh, Sound of Madness, uh, arguably your biggest album of the career. Um, yeah. Did, did you see it coming? Like when when you guys released that album, and you had heard all of the songs before they were released. I mean, I know it's like you said, you you guys are always thinking of what's next. Let's put it out. So I mean, obviously you're sort of thinking positively. But uh, when you heard it, did you say, "Oh, this has got something we haven't done before"? Uh, yes, it, it definitely was a game changer, and we knew it going into it. Um, it was bittersweet at the time. You know, we we had lost not that they passed, but Brad was no longer with us. Jason was no longer with us. It was just Brent and I. I it was scary. Brent was still in the full throes of addiction issues and that kind of thing. Um, I'm sitting there going, how do I even come close to holding this together? Um, so it, it's bittersweet to know that you had one of the biggest things, and we knew it was something special. You could feel it because there, there was a hunger after us and them that we knew, okay, we're on our third record. This is make or break. If this record doesn't do anything, we're just another one of those bands that goes away. And that, again, like you cannot say no to Brent. You cannot say no to Brent. Um, he wasn't going to let that happen. So he really reached into some different crazy dark places in his brain because I am not a songwriter. I'm a happy drummer for this band. 
Um, but he uh, he really did some things. I was like, I, I don't know where you got that, or where the, those songs came from, but he finally tapped into something just massive, and it it shows. You know, we're still here seven records later. Yeah, <laughs> and it it was kind of madness. It was the turning point for the band. It's uh, one of my absolute favorites. I wish it was actually on. It, it's sort of like you were talking about with Forty Five, as far as uh, as far as taking the demo. But one of my favorites is 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 Call Me, but the iTunes mm. session version of Call Me that you guys oh, did. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just mm. something. Brent again, he lays it out in that version. Just, just so much more than the on the the studio version of it. It's 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 phenomenal for the listeners that haven't heard that version. Go listen to it, not to promote iTunes, but, you know. You know what? I'll take promotion from anyone that's playing us, so I'm into <laughs> it. Uh, you know, gone are the days of being mad that, you know, you don't get the percentages that you should. It is what it is, and it, it's out there, so. Um, but, yeah, that, that session was, uh, it was, it was a good time, and I remember doing that, and uh, that, that song, I love that song. That was, I really wanted that to be a single off the, that record and I don't remember why it didn't make it as a single it should have but it's definitely a fan favorite for the fans that listen to us when we pull that thing out live it's like everybody goes crazy people know that song it just never was I guess a single yeah. for some reason well you know it, it it is I mean you look at the you look at the numbers on Spotify and other places and, and obviously like I said I'm a fan and I would say it's one of my favorites so I'll put it up there <laughs> um <laughs> But the most recent album, Planet Zero, seventh studio album, like you said, uh, as as the drummer of the band, how has your making your parts changed from album one to album seven coming into this? How's it different? Um, I mean, myself personally, I've grown a lot as a drummer and as a musician. I think everybody in the band has, and that's that's just the test of time. You become better at your craft the more you do it, right? Um, and recording in studios, you become better at it the more you do it. So I think I've become a better studio musician and maybe a little less nervous than I was back in the day, but also a lot more uh, humble as a musician. Young musicians, and this is pretty much across the board, they want to show you how good they are at their instrument. So they get in the studio and let me show you all these cool licks and it's you lack humility. And it might not be the coolest thing for the song. And that's where the producer steps in and goes, okay, cool. I'm glad you did that. Now can you play it this way? Because this is what's good. Um, and that comes with, I think, age and wisdom in music. Um, and especially as, as a drummer. Look, drummers, unless you're running a jazz band, drummers are a backseat to the melody and the lyrics and the singer. Proud backseat. It's our job to support the song and not be the song. And it takes a long time to learn that truly. And I think throughout the years, I've become better at serving the song to the point where I think Planet Zero as a drummer is the best record I've ever done. And I think it's as great as Sound of Madness is, and it is, I think this is our best record. The time we had making it, the poignancy of what it's talking about through what all we went through, um, you know, pandemic and pre and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this record is pretty special to me to the point where I got the Planet Zero tattooed on my neck. Sorry, Mom. Um, and it's uh, this record is my favorite, my personal favorite of what we've done. Not that I'm not proud of all those moments. This one was the most natural 
fun to make, but also I think the best kind of showcase of who we are at this point in life. Nice. Now, uh, what would you say, how, how does it, as far as being the best in your opinion of your albums, how would you say it plays a role as far as Eric being the producer? I mean, him being your rhythm partner, his bass, and now working as a, as the producer of the record. How How's that played in? He's a monster in a good way. Um, when we met Eric, it was, he was a producer in Charleston. And we were actually going to write for Sound of Madness with him. We got partnered up with them through label management, everything. Hey, go write with this guy. He's a young producer in, in Charleston. And we wrote a little bit with them. And well, Brent and Jason at the time wrote with them. And, and it it was okay, but you know, it clashed a little bit. Again, Brent wasn't in his best headspace at the time. Um, and that was it. Well, then things happen and, and the band changes and, and we remembered him and how cool he was and how talented he was and asked him to be the bass player. Come audition, please be the bass player. He said, no, I want to be a producer. <laughs> and rightfully so. And then we somehow talked him into it. And I think it's the best thing we ever did. But he's always had that producer. How he's, he's a multi-talented musician. He's not just a bass player. He can play every instrument. He can sing his ass off. He's a great songwriter. And slowly over time, he's been able to take those reins where it used to be okay we'll hire everybody outside but he had a, a really good opinions and maybe made some changes then he starting with um really threats of survival he started getting in there and maybe producing a couple songs or that kind of thing and then um attention attention was also kind of his baby with a little bit outside but he did that and this one was full full tilt boogie on uh planet zero and it just makes it more even more comfortable you know a lot of times i think it's a death nail to self-produce um, a lot of bands, when they do it in-house, maybe they don't have the chops or maybe they're not willing to listen to outside voices and it's not the best of their ability. It's different with Eric because he was that before this band, but he's also willing to listen to outside criticisms uh, um, and knows, okay, well, that's not good. All right, get rid of it. Let's do something else. Um, some people can't do that. He has the ability to do that. And he also knows us way too well. So he knows which buttons to push to get what he wants out of us. He can take himself out of, hey, I'm your best friend band guy and go, Barry, I need this. And he knows how to get that out of me because he knows who I am. And that that helps a lot too. Nice, nice. It was, I, was it a, I mean, I know there was a hold up as far as sort of like production um, of the actual physical albums and whatnot with Planet yeah. Zero. But was there any, is there any hold up as far as you guys like working on it because of the pandemic or... Did it make it easier? It actually made it easier. And it was, it was, you know, he already had a studio in Charleston, but he had bought new property with the idea of doing it in-house. So he could walk out his front door, walk into a studio instead of driving across town. And so he finally got this new property that him and his wife had been looking for a long time. She's a horse person. They had to build a barn, that kind of thing. So you know, it was a little bit of land. Um, he finally pulled the trigger on that. And then the pandemic hit. So he's like, well, I guess this is a good time to build a studio. <laughs> so we kind of, backed him and rushed him into it and made him do it a little bit quicker than I think he wanted to. And we're like, hey man, we can social distance from everybody. I'm driving up to Charleston. It's a four hour drive from Jacksonville. All right, here we go. Let's get to work. So um, it was actually a good time because we had finished the Attention Attention touring cycle right before the pandemic. So it was time for us to make a record anyway. So it wasn't like we, I feel bad for those bands, especially the younger bands that missed out on the touring that time because touring is where you make your money nowadays um 
we already had kind of already planned to have some time off. So we, we got extremely lucky. Uh, thank the gods. They, they smiled upon us because a lot of bands suffered. Um, and it was very hard. And we were able to at least, um, you know, through the, the government PPP and stuff like that, we were able to also pay our staff. You know, roadies, road staff, guitar techs, audio people, they live job to job typically. You know, they'll go from working for us, then they're going to be off on a Kenny Chesney tour, they're going to be off on this tour, doing whatever. That's, you know, the almost paycheck to paycheck in a way. And there's not a lot of, uh, there wasn't a lot of help for them. So we were very lucky enough to be able to help our staff and keep them part of us, keep them afloat during those difficult times. So, um, you know, we, I guess we made it out a little bit more unscathed than a lot. Nice. Nice. Uh, turned, turned into a planet zero writing camp and recording camp. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I got to spend more time with my wife and kid than I have in 20 years. So that was actually fun too. <laughs> nice. I heard a real off topic. I mean, it fits your fits your uh, tattoo, but I heard your daughter's super into to owls, barred owls. Yeah, yeah, that happened young, as you know, in the neighborhood, the more wooded neighborhoods of Jacksonville, uh, barred owls everywhere. And when they would come in and they'd start hooting and hollering around the neighborhood, I'd go on the back porch and I'd put a little speaker out there and we'd turn the lights out, play barred owl sounds, and uh, it'd call them in. They'd come into the tree, they'd start fighting each other, and she just absolutely loved it. So from then on, she would draw me or get me little owl figurines to put in my suitcase or hide them somewhere in the house for me. Or, hey, Dad, I made this for you. So it's just kind of a thing between her and I. And that, that's the, you know, this tattoo is completely for her. Um, uh, and she loves it. And still to this day, uh, owls are always a thing. When we see one, it's a it's a thing. That's, that's the thing is I sort of feel like, you know, some university in the area whether it be UNF, whether it be UF, they should have had that as a mascot. Like, I mean, it's just so they, much more prevalent. Like, it's everywhere. It's, there's millions. They're, they're all over the place. They're throughout the neighborhood, and they're just cool animals. I put a I put an owl house in, in one of the trees in my yard, but no luck yet. The squirrels have found it. The woodpeckers <laughs> have found it, but still haven't found it. <laughs> get, get an owl eventually at some point in time. But last question Bro. before we let you go, Barry. How good is a Shinedown concert in Duval County. What can people look forward to? It's going to be a massive show. This is the biggest production, biggest show we have ever put together. It's huge. And especially for Jacksonville, who they haven't seen us since The Sound of Madness. Um, Aside from maybe, you know, Rockville and those festivals, we haven't been there. And it's way overdue. So um, it's a big show. You can expect... You know, of course, all the hits, we try to play as many hits as we possibly can on top of uh, lots of things that explode and lots of fire and all the fun stuff, maybe a few surprises. And then there's not a bad seat in the house the way we designed the stage. I mean, basically, my drums are at the front row. So it's it's a show. You know, even the front row kids get everybody. So it's it's we're bringing it all. So I, I hope everybody enjoys it. And, you know, from Ashes to New, who's the opening band, they're great. They're entertaining. Of course, Three Days Grace. They've got just about as many hits as we do. So it's it's a night filled with great rock and roll. And then um, being a hometown boy, I'm excited to finally, you know, be a little proud. I love it. I love it. Barry, we're going to let you go, man. Get back to, you know, fitness and reading in between shows. But I want to thank you for Don't. coming on the show and talking to us today. Well, thank you for 
I mean, thanks for taking the time and, and, and being patient with me to actually get this interview. I know we've moved it a couple of times, uh, but I appreciate it. And, and you stay safe. And, and, you know, when you have time, I need to know who made that, uh, that Duval County behind you because that's really cool. Of course. Of course. Make sure to check them out, guys. Shinedown.com right now. Let's take a listen to Daylight off of Barry's favorite album right here on the Doc G Show. You make sure I always see the daylight. Here on the Doc G Show, Barry from Shine Down, Mike. My goodness, check that off of the list of things uh, that I never thought would happen. You know, yeah. Take take me back to the 2003 Ben Gordon just being a, a absolute young buck driving around in his car, cranking Shine Down, being like, oh, this band kicks. Just mm-hmm. imagine, just imagine the 2023 me going to the 2003 me and being like, hey, 20 years, you'll interview a dude from that band. Say what? And I'd be like, what? No, get out of here. That wouldn't happen. Get out of here. But it did happen, Mike. It just yeah, happened. It, mm-hmm. it just happened. And it was fantastic. And That's I got to thank Barry for being on the show. And Mike, I still say that Brent, their lead singer, best to do it in in modern rock there's not a better lead singer right now in rock music now of all yeah. time i don't know if i can go that that's that's a little bit banana yeah. sandwich but currently he's the best doing it he's the best out there just amazing man just absolutely amazing want to thank barry for being on the show so many good stories there such a good time mike um i i hope they come back to jacksonville real soon hope they come back yeah you know, but uh, Mike, we need to move on to a very important topic, a very important subject, the fastest yes. growing segment in the world, the Doc G top three. Now, Mike, before we move on to our topic this week, you know, I thought talking about the care that we put into the show, talking about uh, the the you know the effort that goes on between me and you. I thought, mm-hmm. you know what? Mike loves this segment. He puts thought into this segment. Why don't I let Mike take the reins of this segment for a while? So, oh. you know, for the next couple of weeks, Mike, I want you to think of the topic. I want okay. you to come up with the Doc G top three segment. We're gonna right. do we're gonna we're gonna do it's gonna be Mike's world for the next next couple of weeks. Okay. I am Living by Mike's rules. So, just keep that in mind, listeners. We're switching gears. But, this week, I have a topic. Eh, I'll be honest. I actually found this harder than I thought it would be. Not because there were so many to choose from, but unlike what I wanted out of the people that I'd be opening for. You know? Yeah. I wasn't really sure how to do it. So, listeners, if you don't remember, I said the top three. We were going to do the top three artists, entertainers that you would most want to open for. Hmm. So, I had to dig a little deep on this one, Mike. I had to dig a little deep. I've only got three. 
I didn't try to do any honorable mentions because I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep it at these three. I'll do one honorable mention. Girl, I got on. one honorable mention. Okay. I okay. would like to open for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think that would yeah. be fun. <laughs> I think yeah, that would be, be incredible. That'd be real fun. You know, yeah. they just seem like, especially like the young Chili Peppers. Like you do like a 91 or something like that. 92. Oh, man. Maybe you come out there with just a, a sock on your wiener like they used to do. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Good times. That's Good times, you know. But, uh, Mike, what's your number three? Hmm. Uh, well, honorable mention for me before my number three, of I would course. say Kanye West would be interesting to open up for. Wait, Not a popular what? guy. But could you imagine doing... For me, stand up on a hovering stage. I mean, that would be <laughs> wild. Or even back when he was doing the glow in the dark tour with, um, uh, who was it? He was doing the glow in the dark tour with like Nicki Minaj. Yeah. Was, like their stages were like theater, like, my, or were uh, production. Sorry. Mike, Mike comes out there for the opening. He's like, just so everybody knows. I don't agree with his politics, but <laughs> makes a nice stage. Am I right? He's got an interesting setup. Gosh, okay. this is nice uh, up here. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, anyways, disregard all stage. of that stuff anyways. he said about Nazis, guys. Anywho, aside from that, just appreciate the stage. I see yeah, exactly. where your head was at on that one. Honorable mention, stage, uh, setup. Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. That, that would be the only. Um, okay. So my number three would probably be Dane Cook. Mm. Yeah. Dane Cook. Hey, I mean, uh, I thought about putting him up there, honestly. I yeah. definitely thought just because he's so nice, you know, he, I mean, he seems like he's so nice, but then yeah. he's, then all, all the, uh, audience would be jazz because he's got so much energy, you know? So you've already got that Dane energy circulating through the crowd. Yeah, it seems like it would be a good group of fans, like a yeah. good group of people to perform in front of. And then also just being able to, you know, like I started doing stand-up in part because I saw Dane Cook live. I mean, mm -hmm. I really enjoyed stand-up before that, but when I saw him live, it's like, man, so it'd be really interesting to have the dream come full circle. See it, you yeah. Know? yeah. See it in person. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty dope. That'd be Anyways. pretty dope. I got. I yeah. think I could put that on my honorable mention. I think I could do mm. that. I think. They, yeah. I think Dane could be there. Uh, my number three. I went a little bit just uh, surreal on this one. But if I could open for Van Halen in the '80s, like the young Van Halen. So true. That would have to. I mean, they just looked like they had such a good time, man. Yeah, for sure. They, I For mean, they're sure. jumping around stage and shirtless and shooting the crowd with like water hoses and just like, yeah. ah, it just seemed like such a blast, man. Oh my gosh. And you start off that party. You're the crew that's going to be starting them off. Like, I don't know. Like I, in this, in this, since I don't actually have anything to bring to the table, Mike, I don't know if I'd actually be in a band in this instance or if I'd be like doing stand-up. I don't know how I would start this Van Halen performance, but whatever it is, it'd be a party. Tell you that yeah. much. Do the Doc it's, G show in front of yeah. people. That's right. Live Doc G show. <laughs> Top three. And they're uh, like, we do all the heavy hitters like, <laughs> segments. Why? 
And this is before a Van Halen show? And then just at the end, all right, guys, you've been waiting for it. Van Halen. And then we'll just sort of, they'll roll us out. And then Van Halen <laughs> will come right in. That'd be nice. That'd be yeah, nice. It would be. Um, Mike, your number two. Uh, my number two would be Lil Dicky. Uh, I think he would yeah. be interesting to open up for. I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but I did ask him if I could open up for him uh, during a meet and greet. Um, me not being a professional, very young guy at the time, had no card, no contact. I did write down my like Instagram or something on a piece of paper, but uh, never got yeah. that contact back, huh? Never got the uh, never got the call back. But, what a turd! Uh, come on, little Dicky. Seriously, Damn. come on. It would be such a great uh, like stand-up comedy. Like it would I think be. it'd be fun because it would be hard to turn his crowd from a rap like wanting to see rap audience to a hey comedy audience. Like it, it could be challenging, but I think it'd be fun. I don't know. He's a pretty big jokester, anyways. Like yeah, I think exactly. They could... It's like comedy rap already, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't know if you've seen. He recently just did a uh, a diet coke commercial. Just did a with him mm -hmm. and uh, and then Magic Johnson's in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's pretty wild. But regardless, you know that freaky that Freaky Friday song, not bad, not bad yeah. song. He's a, he's he's, he's a know. producer. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, Mike, my, my number uh, two again. I'm gonna go down the music lane. Foo Fighters. Weak. Foo Fighters. Yeah. Dave Grohl just seems awesome. Like, yeah. He just seems like the nicest dude, you know. And mm -hmm. I feel like he'd ask you back, like, all, like almost every single night. He'd be like, "Come back out, man. You're playing with us. This, yeah, this yeah. song, you know." And you'd be like, "Yeah, I'm not nearly good enough to play this. All right." <laughs> Sounds good, man. Like, yeah. I think, you know, David, yeah, there'd be shenanigans too, but mm -hmm. nice nice shenanigans, not like, you know, irritating shenanigans, just fun stuff. You'd be like, ah, oh, Dave. Yeah. You prankster. Dave, come on, man. Just so good. Foo Fighters. Putting them at number two, Mike. For Mike, sure. They're huge audiences too. You're number one. So my number one would kind of be like, a reason to do a Foo Fighters show or one mm. of the reasons I would want to open up for my number one is because something like Foo Fighters, those guys did the largest stadium in the world, I think, Foo Fighters. Mm. They had like yeah. one of the largest audiences. So I never ever thought I would say this, Doc G, but I think my number one person that would be insane to open for would be Taylor Swift. Huh? Just watched a documentary <laughs> on Netflix and uh, I'm a Taylor Swift fan now. Uh, T Swift. Yeah, and, right. um, it made me hate Kanye West a little bit more because of that mm. documentary. I'm like, come on, Kanye. Why would you do something like that? Anyways, mm. Taylor Swift is doing these shows. Doc G, how many people are at her shows? Like 20,000, 30,000 people? I don't know. If but, it's all uh, fair, Mike, I don't like either of them. So there you yeah. go. Wait, what? No. <laughs> well, no, I, I, easy Taylor Swift fans. I don't not <laughs> like her. I just don't. <laughs> I, she's not my cup of tea. All right, I, there's no, a couple of sure. songs that I'm okay with, but hey, you get you get out there. The, the I will say though, if you go out there, which you already said you're a Taylor Swift fan, so it'd be okay. But you you got it. You got to suck up to Taylor if you're going to be the opening act. Oh, for you sure, definitely. You got you got you got to suck like you've never sucked, Mike. You got to yeah. uh, because T Swift fans are there for one thing, and that's T Swift. 
And if yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. her, they are not happy. So yeah, it's going to be challenging for sure. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be a challenging show, but you got to really, you got to work hard to win them yeah. over. That is 100% the case. I'll say the the thing that irks me. One of the things that irks me the most about Taylor Swift, Mike, she has zero. She follows zero people on Instagram. That follows. Yeah. That, that that irks me more than anything. So does Kanye West. <laughs> yeah. Zero. Yeah. So so does Beyonce. Anyways. Oh really? Interesting. Yeah. I don't I like, like any. I don't. No, no. 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 Mike. No. If you are on that, there is somebody. Your mom. Your brother. Your, yeah. Some somebody that you used to like who inspired you to be an artist. You're not that yeah, great. Come on, you can't say. Somebody. Yeah, it's got to be somebody, Mike. I had a whole uh, long uh, monologue on this like three years ago. Tom Brady follows like 200 some people, 300 some people. He's mm. the greatest of all time in football. And you're saying you're better than Tom Brady? No, I don't think so. No. Okay. That's yeah. that. That's why it irks me. It irks me a lot, Mike. It irks but me I a lot. I wonder what the default Instagram feed looks like without any followers like what are you getting in that it's They're just a bunch of suggest a bunch of yeah. suggestions you know now i've had a couple of t swifties come back at me and be like hey she probably doesn't even like use her instagram it's and i'm like yeah well then whoever runs it should know better and should follow somebody they should go to her and be like hey we're gonna follow James Taylor, and she'll be like, "Cool, Word. follow James, whoever it is, follow a person, one yeah. person, God's account. I don't know, somebody follow him." Mm -hmm. Just annoys me, Mike. It really irks me a lot. Yeah, not Geo, bare minimum. Come on. If I see if I see uh, somebody uh, that doesn't follow anybody, I, I'm not gonna follow. It's not gonna happen. You're not getting my follow if you're not willing to follow anybody. That's the way it goes. Is it because mm. there's like an absolute 0% chance they're going to follow you? <laughs> no. Back. No, they don't have to follow me. They have to follow somebody. Yeah, somebody. I got, you. I got you. And maybe 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 it's just and I could respect this. Maybe I need to talk to Taylor Swift about this. Maybe it's just the term follower. Maybe she mm. doesn't go to get down with that cuz I don't like that either. I've also had a monologue on that, Mike. I don't think it should be called follower. Because that makes mm. it, you sound like some kind of crazy disciple of the person. You're like, I'm not. That's a fact. No. Mm. I just check in on them every now and then. Like, it should be, like, called an associate. Or, an you associate. know, like, you know, I mean, just something. You know, like, like, subscriber on YouTube. I like subscriber yeah, so much subscriber. better. Mm -hmm. So follow makes it, like, religious. I don't like it, you know? Yeah. So, like, yeah, there's a little bit if that's a reason, if that's yeah. a reason, Mike, I, then, I, then I'll accept it. If a, mm -hmm. if a T Swifty fan can prove that's the reason she's not following somebody, I can I can accept it. Otherwise, that irks me to a very high degree. Anyways, Mike, my number one. Jeez. I'll open for Taylor Swift if she'll have me. My number <laughs> one, uh, Norm McDonald. If yeah. I could, I know he's not alive anymore. I know sadly he passed away, but it's just Norm, man. Just makes. I mean, I feel like Norm before a show would just make you feel like you're hanging out with family, you know? Yeah, for sure. It is like just shooting the breeze and it's like, oh, it's my time to go up. All right, cool. All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go up, say some things. I'll be back, you know, like just just so relaxed. And I feel like a norm cr a crowd would go with pretty much anything. You oh, know? yeah, 
For sure. They would be the most open-minded audience. And just be like, whatever, yeah. this dude's pretty funny. Or like, okay, this guy's not funny at all. Whatever. Like, you know, like... <laughs> nope. Former former guest of the show, Joe Liss, got to do that very thing, man. I mean, that's a big, big feather in his cap. I think... Yeah. I. I want to say Sam did too. I think at some point Sam Morell opened for Norm. I can't remember. But I know for a fact, because I actually talked to him about it, that Joe did. Um, which is absolutely awesome. Like, he has he has a text from Norm still in his phone about how uh, Norm said, dude, you're like something like, you know, you're really, really funny. That was hilarious. Like, and I was just like, oh my God. That'd be like. I'd be on cloud nine for the next, like, five weeks after that. Like, it'd be crazy. Crazy, Norm. Norm, man. Love Norm. Fantastic. R.I.P. That's right. Anyways, Mike. Mike, we're going to have, listeners, you're going to have to go uh, rogue for this next week because Mike is going to be thinking all week of Mm. the top three lists for next week. But whatever it is, he's going to text me what that is, and then we're going to have that list next week. So the first Mike, Mike C, top three next week. It's going to be fantastic. Can't wait. Cool. Can't wait. Mike, we've got one birthday suit left. Your chance to score some points for this week. Here we go. Here we go. Born on May 3rd, 1933 in Barnwell, South Carolina. Quick fact, Mike. Barnwell home of former co-host of the show, Jake Parler. Woo-hoo! Papa J. Jake. Bones. Yeah, Papa J. Bones was from Barnwell. So was this uh, birthday suit wear. Shout uh, out. But Shout this birthday suit wear moved to Augusta, Georgia when he was five years old. Started singing and dancing in talent shows. He even performed for troops at Camp Gordon. When he was 16, he was convicted of robbery and sent to juvenile detention center. There, he formed a gospel quartet, but eventually he joined a true R&B group called the Famous Flames and began touring the Southeast. By 1960, our birthday suit wearer started recording by himself. Without the group, he recorded the song Night Train, Lost Someone, and Baby, You're Right. In 1965, he released his super popular song, Papa's got a brand new bag, which was a top 10 hit and won a Grammy. He then released I Got You. He also released It's a Man's World. Then in 1967, he released Cold Sweat. Break out in a cold sweat. Ha! Eddie Murphy used to always do that. He uh, acted like this dude on Saturday Night Live. In 1968, he released I Got a Feeling. In 1970s, he became known as the Godfather of Soul. In 1974, he released his album Payback, which was an R&B classic. In 1986, he scored his final hit, which was Living in America. It was used in the movie Rocky IV. Our birthday suit wearer performed the Super Bowl halftime show in 1997. Sadly, our birthday suit wearer passed away in 2006. He's in the R&B Hall of Fame. He is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He is in Georgia's Music Hall of Fame. He was the recipient of the Kennedy Honors. He has four Grammys, and he's known as one of the creators of funk music. Name that 
birthday suit wearer. Hmm. Uh, I don't know, Doctor. I don't know. I'll take a, I'll take a half credit and hopefully get some additions. Ooh, we got to get some points on the board. Yeah, JB. JB. James Brown. James Brown is correct. Mike is a half for three. <laughs> not, not a great week for Mike. He lost some percentages, but yeah. happy birthday to James Brown. My goodness, Mike. You got to get down on some James. Some papa's got a brand new bag. Oh, Take man. Da, 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 da. <laughs> exactly, man. Most people go back, at least our age, most people go back to Mrs. Doubtfire on that one. That uh, one's a classic in the middle of the movie there. Classic. But anyways, man, top uh, Google question for James Brown, which I think they got this one wrong. When did James Brown come out? Huh? Hmm. I, like, I... Uh, I don't know. Were they? Uh, I'm not. I don't think they were talking about sexuality, because if they were, I think they confused James Brown with Little Richard, because James Brown is about a heterosexual man as there ever was. Mm. Uh, so that's a fact. That one's not so much the case. I maybe maybe they're just talking about like music, like his first album. I don't know. It's a weird question though. When did James Brown come out? You know. It's a little too broad. Yeah. Regardless, Mike, happy birthday to James Brown. Fantastic. Mike, we have some fantastic shows coming up. I am very excited. Next week, next week, we have the fantastic group Ace Monroe right here on the Doc G Show. It's going to be fantastic. But until then, Mike, we need to wrap it up. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus. The Fernicus. Charette. Doc G, thank you so much. Hey, is it too late to uh, throw out the uh, top three idea? You want to do it right now? You want to give All it right. to him? Here's the idea. I don't think we haven't done this, but top three sports memorabilia. Sports. So sports specifically. So we did top yes. memorabilia, but now we're taking we out the other type. Oh, we did do a memorabilia one already. We did just memorabilia, but if you want to go specific uh, sports, we can. Let's do specific sports memorabilia. Yeah. Okay. It's gonna it's gonna change it a little bit for me. Gonna change it a little bit. Uh, we'll do it. Okay. Listeners, listeners, get your top sports memorabilia. Because I did. Uh, I think my number one, if I recall correctly, is either number one or number two was my uh, Hippie Castle signed EP, the original EP there from the mm. band. Oh, so, was it? It was sports memorabilia that we owned. Yeah. Or it was memorabilia that we owned. Oh, so you're just saying top, like anything top, out there. Any sports memorabilia that you could get if you had unlimited money, what would you buy? Listeners are like, oh God, it's going to be all Shaq stuff for Mike and it's going <laughs> to be all it's going to be all Jordan stuff for Ben. And you are pretty correct, much. listeners. Yeah. You are correct. But until next week, guys, we're going to wrap it up. Zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.